The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX-11, is here. RX-11 is everything you need to fix, enhance, and polish your audio for music and content creation. Colton Culture listeners get 10% off by using the code FRET10. That's code FRET10, F-R-E-T-1-0, at isotope.com for the new RX-11. DistroKid now also has a motherfucking app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can now get an additional 30% off if you go to distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. That's distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Colt. Or you can get it in the App Store. Fuck. All right. That's, we're rolling. Rolling. Planet B presents. 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 and Culture Podcast. Welcome to episode 20 of Colton Culture's podcast. I'm Justin Pearson. And I'm Luke Hinshaw. This episode has uh, two friends of ours from the band Filth is Eternal, Lisa Mungo and Raw Davis. Um, man, I, I've known both of them for quite a while, and it's it was kind of crazy. I guess like my my, uh, my my view of the band, it, it, it just has like so much positivity to it. Everyone mm. in the band, and it's, it's pretty wild because, you know, they're called Filth is Eternal, and, you know, they're... They're like they play like this nasty music, and but they're like the most positive, loving, fun, caring, cool individuals, you know. And it's, it's yeah. just wild. But um, so uh, you know, after we recorded this podcast, I I went and saw them play that night here at the Soda Bar, and it was it was weird, you know, to kind of reflect on a lot of stuff we mm-hmm. talked about, but also to see them play. Like when you see a hardcore band or a punk band or something that's like kind of nasty or plays like you know like brutal music or whatever there is this sense of i don't know what the right w- words would be but it's like it seems aggressive and negative and and like um there's like despair or so, you know mm-hmm. i don't know like it just seems like like it just seems like harsh you know and and, right. and like a and like a punk rock kind of way like very you know harsh situation but it was it was like Everyone was smiling and laughing, mm-hmm. and it was fun. Except for they had a PA problem there, which that's on Soda Bar. But you know, for the most part, it was like everyone was just like, just having a great time, and it was kind of cool to see that. Um, nice for me, I guess. I'm always used to just you get in the vibe, and you're just <laughs> it just had this. I don't even wish I knew what the right words were to explain it. Just this intensity. That, yeah. And not that they weren't intense, because they definitely were. Uh, but you know, there were parts where like the drummer smiling and stuff. Where for me, I'd be like whoever I'm playing with, like, what the fuck are you smiling about? Yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you got a mean mug the audience the whole time? Kind of. Not not that it has to be, a you know, a, like a performance in itself, but, like, it, it, it just, to be in that zone and that kind of, like, attitude, you just, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I do crack jokes myself as a singer in, in, a, in a band. If, if, I, mm-hmm. if I can, I will. But there is this, like, sort of sense of righteousness and you're trying to convey this message and we're all, like, kind of getting out this weird sense of aggression right and then all of a sudden you're like we're having fun though you know yeah. <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> but and it comes it comes across in their personalities and and, and definitely when we get into this podcast um you you can see how like how they still have this um i don't want to say still like they're going to lose it but they they have this sense of like positivity that for me i guess i just kind of have trouble relating to to that Mm-hmm. mindset it's like going to yoga and they're like just love everyone i'm like fuck that like yeah i'm not gonna love the cops or like some fucking rapist uh priest or whatever you know like i don't know Definitely anyhow hate them yeah 
I couldn't uh, I couldn't like share the sense of 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 like overall positivity that they uh, do that they have. Um, but I appreciate it, and I'm glad it exists. And it was fun. It was really nice to be a witness to their performance and and have that sort of positivity kind of sitting there with with everybody. It was it was great. It was cool. Right on. Make sure you check out the Filth of Eternal album that recently came out on Quiet Panic. And uh, we hope you enjoy this. We'll see you on the other side. Um, well, okay, so to start off, though, can you guys introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, yeah. I am uh, Lisa Mungo, and I do vocals in Filth is Eternal. Rob Davis, bass of Filth is Eternal. Cool. That's great. <laughs> All right, it's a wrap. Um, We're done. So, so yeah, I mean, w- when we talked a little bit, you know, my, my, my idea was, or your, I guess our idea kind of was like to make it, to start somewhere and have it be a little bit more unique because you know how it is like you get interviews and they're always kind of like similar you know and especially uh, so my my the starting point that i wanted to hit the hit with you both you guys was like when someone says what are your what are your influences that you're expected to say like oh the birthday party and pil and then they're like cool and then that's the answer you know totally but i think that and that's an important question and it's an interesting question most of the time um especially like with our with our one of our previous podcasts we asked what their their you know like when we had the guys from Def Club on here, mm-hmm. we're like, "What's your influence?" They're like Nirvana and Guar. And I'm like, "What in the fuck?" <laughs> you know, wasn't I wasn't impressed. You know, no, no offense to them, but I wasn't impressed. But um, but I think the most important part of that question, or like going deeper into it, is like, why do you like those things? You know, and even with those guys, like, why did you like Guar? It's like, that's a pretty weird thing. But but like you know, growing up, like yeah, I was really into the Cramps and Septic Death and stuff like that. But like, why? You know, what was it that like? put you on that path to whatever it is that we were into and then what you have become, you know, like what you're doing and like your involvement in creating art and stuff too. So like, I mean, I guess that's just a, it's a pretty vague and broad starting point, but we should start somewhere. Like, what do you, you know, like, like for love is a lie. Like what kind of like part, what was part of that inspiration? No, no, no. I'm just saying you like starting out as like like a weirdo, you know, musician, definitely a weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean that in like a loving way, but no, like not, not anything like specific to like now. I mean, just saying like in general, like what defined you? Like, you know, for me, it was like, I was like into skateboarding and like, it was the thrasher skate rock comps. That was like the sort of segue to getting into like gnarly music and stuff. And I don't know, like, you know, do you guys have that? Yeah. Do you guys have that thing? Like, like when we were younger, like kids, like where did you start with music? Yeah, um, pr- pretty much the same lines of you. Like growing up, Southern California, uh, being really interested in surfing and skating, listening to a ton of like X game comps. Oh yeah, and it's like oh, here's like you know Ministry, here's Primus, here's like some weird whatever punk or noisy track, and that just like piqued my you know interest. And then from there, it just snowballed into like punk music, local punk bands, local uh, metal bands, and just you know, diving deeper from there. And, and so at some point, I mean, because I, I mean, I I knew you, but like I think I really, you really were on my radar once you joined Cattle Decapitation. Right. So what did you do stuff before that, or did you? Just oh yeah, of... yeah. I was in uh, like I was saying before, uh, like the first band I was in, it was a punk band, um, just very like influences ranging from i want to say like negative approach to uh poison idea oh, sort cool. of vibe and then from there uh, wanted to get into something a little more extreme so um 
tinkered with thrashy ideas because I got into Megadeth and got into like DRI oh, cool. and bands of that caliber. And then from there, uh, that led its way to heavier bands. Uh, death metal was on the horizon, got into Deicide, mm. got into Morbid Angel. And, and then and, you, you know, arrived. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, somewhere in between, was also interested in hardcore music. There were like hardcore bands I was really into, like Vision of Disorder and Dead Guy. Oh, yeah. And that piqued my interest in like more noisy territory. Sure. With the heaviness as yeah. well. Especially the stuff like Dead Guy, you, you, when you discover a band like that, then you can like go back to like Rorschach and then that'll mm. lead you to Born Against. And then, you're then on that, that leads you to power violence, like uh, crossed oh. out and yeah. spaz and. You know, lack yeah. of interest, and it's like okay, heavier, faster sounding bands, not quite death metal, but also you know coming from the punk uh, origin. Oh, uh, so you're like the blasphemous punk or blasphemous metal dude because uh, they only like it one way. And if yeah, you... I've, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was always kind of in between those worlds. Yeah, um, which I still am. I still am in between those worlds. And always a bassist. Uh, started out playing guitar. Oh, cool. Yeah, I um, played guitar first. I remember the particular record where I was like, I want to play guitar. Um, it was just strangely enough, uh, Descendants record. Oh. Um, I don't want to grow up. Oh, I yeah. Like, I want to play. Yeah. I want to learn how to play some songs off of this record. Yeah. And then that translated to playing bass when friends of mine, most of my friends played guitar early on. So then I started playing more bass. And just kept doing the two until I like really found like a love for playing bass. Oh, cool. That's great. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're going to learn more about each other. Probably. For me, uh, when I was really young, um, my grandmother was a concert pianist professionally. So um, I just remember being like pretty much a baby and like sitting on her lap and she's like, but she could just play um like Rachmaninoff and Mozart just anything uh -huh. put it in front of her and and I uh, that was a really interesting way to start but also my parents were musicians in a band together um it was country kind of like country folk with like a little bit of prog and wow. um yeah. <laughs> what is that like what that's like right cool totally concept. I don't I don't even know so it's in some sense there was like very much paying respect to like Patsy Cline like old oh. school like storytelling folk like country and then on the other hand my father loved prog music uh -huh. so they would have these like they would write these songs they were all originals but they would perform and they'd go out and tour and stuff Whoa. and but there's always this little progginess like kind of that would mm. find its way in, in inside the music um in my first concert was jethro toll wow and that's a pretty rad first concert it was it i can't even put into words what that felt like you know, and I think I've just been a prog girl at heart uh -huh. ever since. Nice. And my father Wait, is Jethro Tull considered prog? They're, yeah. They're, really? oh, yeah. I would say I would say, so. I would say uh -huh. so. But my dad was also in a dream theater and Mr. Bungle like just everything. Uh -huh. Mr. Bungle, just anything abstract that's fun and 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 progressive. But um and I know there's much more out there, but that's kind of what I started with. It's whatever whatever dad had in yeah. like the room and he had this whole music dedicated to vinyl, he was collected a huge amount of vinyl records, and um, but yeah, rock and prog, and I'm just trying to think what else. Um, 
But that was, those were my earliest influences. Uh-huh. So everything from classical to country. To but you were so close to it. And then they were musicians. So, yeah, they would um, have band practice inside the house. Oh, that's rad. Um, and there were a few times when I was younger that they pulled us on stage. They, like, taught us, like, you know, two and three part harmonies. And we'd Whoa. get up and sing with them and stuff. I mean, it was almost like, like a age? mighty wind a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But, like, How old were you around then? I mean, we'd work. Up, I was probably singing three, four Wow. five like getting it's that's when they first started pulling us up and we would do like the family thing and it wasn't quite a mighty wind but it was when i see that when i saw that movie i was like oh shit there are some yeah, <laughs> similarities really funny um <laughs> but yeah so music for me just started like that and you know so it was probably up until like nine ten years old and it became very challenging of course for them to have a family and be balancing that with music and so they kind of switched gears um and then you know as i got older i just sort of got into it was never anything abstract or like obscure cool or whatever it was just whatever i could get off the radio but um i went through many phases but then i just went on this like huge like just trip hop phase um at some point and then i started really getting into like you know mass back then it was massive attack and you know tricky and all this um Portishead and yeah. I, I could go on and on my influence pro- the point of this is my influences are so all over the place yeah, yeah. it's hard to like pin it down especially but... as a vocalist and you're mm-hmm. saying those I'm like what the fuck but that's great that's it's rad. so weird yeah. yeah like an ELO I just I don't know I could just go all over yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, kind of the same as, as we were saying before um, had a lot of those similar influences as you but as far as hardcore punk uh, that's hardcore punk metal I really like gravitated towards it from like skating, surfing, and just more abrasive music, and just trying to amp it up the uh, like tonalities yeah. of that sound over time. But uh, also grew up listening to soul and country because mm-hmm. that's, that's what right. was like playing in the household growing up, and you know developing like a sense of like harmony and melody yeah. wow. early on. But then also and you had support from your from your parents. Um. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, like, my dad played trumpet. My um, dad, before I passed, mm-hmm. uh, he passed when I was five. Oh. Uh, he, he played trumpet, so uh, I would hear him playing and remember being like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. He's playing these, like, interesting licks. I'm sure a lot of that, like, translated to, like, my musical language over time. But uh, I was also still more interested in, like, brash esoteric oh, sure. sounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just like where I gravitated yeah, towards. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if that's also too, like, I mean, I think maybe there's some kind of evolution of things, like, you know, maybe not, I don't know if I'm, if this is right, but you know, like you think like the 80s kind of, your late 70s, early 80s, like brought in a lot of like pretty abs- um, um, absurd forms of art, musical sure. art, you know? Absolutely. And I, think, I, I wonder like, I mean, I guess the world just was changing, and it was and it was right for it, you know. And now maybe it plateaued. I don't know if it's gonna get the absurdity stuff. You're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> kinda, kinda yeah, that's the it. whole phrase of everything's been done before, which is kind of true. But you can also like dive deep and find some of those like interesting sounds. Oh yeah, uh, from different bands from all genres of music. Yeah, you just really have to search now. Whereas I felt like before. <laughs> Uh, there was just an overabundance of music 
record companies taking chances on different types of music. Yeah. Uh, you don't really have that. You haven't had that in probably no, 25 now, yeah. years. Thanks to capitalism, everyone's trying to figure out what's going to be the next exactly. dollar. I guess being inside of the music industry in, in different ways, being close to like, um, you know, I guess engineers that create, you know, these instruments. And I keep thinking that innovation is going to be the catalyst for the next thing. Like, you know, um, like when they, you know, like the TV 303, when it came out, it created a whole genre of music. Someone tapped into that and they almost uh, repurposed it. I kind of feel like, I, I don't know, I sense like we're on the verge of that happening again. And whether that's through like, <laughs> I'm gonna sound like an insane person, but through like augmented reality or like something in there is gonna happen and we're gonna be able to tap something and, and music will change again. And I think new breath will be uh, brought into it and we'll have no, new life in that way. I know that sounds out there, but no, <laughs> no that's thought, where I think yeah. it's going. I'm hoping like, for that. Yeah, I'm hoping for that too, just because of like the state of things. Yeah. Like how the world's like changed drastically just in the last oh, yeah. few years. Uh, you're giving people, people are having like a different perspective mm -hmm. on their reality and like their normalities of uh -huh. being like shifted because the world's changing so rapidly so like yeah. they're open for it yeah they're i think some people are open for it and some people aren't <laughs> and then some people mm -hmm. are just gonna have their heads but either way we there's the no, you don't have a fucking choice in the matter it's gonna happen yeah right but Absolutely. i think that is kind of wild because I'll, I'll trip out like on stuff that luke's creating like he'll do stuff with like a whole string section and and there was not a single actual string in the studio you know and i'm like oh that's great that that is a is an option now where like you know 10 years ago it probably wasn't an option you know and now right. now it's like more people can create things so there's there's more people that are maybe going to provide that push to like some kind of newer level of, of technicality or ability to do something sure. or whatever uh, yeah it is pretty wild but it's it's weird too though to think about like what you guys do now you know with 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 your current band it's like when I was okay, like so, it's funny to listen to both of you, like kind of coming from um, this sort of like, and I, and I could be wrong, or maybe reading wrong, or whatever, but like it seemed like a little bit more supportive and positive. So like for me, when I was growing up, and maybe maybe Luke might be able to relate. I don't know where where you're on the spectrum, but when I when I was growing up and was like into skateboarding, and then got into punk, it was like mainly my dad before he died. He was just like fuck this like you're gonna yeah. become like Sid Vicious you're gonna be a heroin addict and I'm like what like I just think this shit looks cool and sounds wild and like right. it's it's crazy and, I, and I'm into it and I'm like I'm not gonna be a drug addict you know my dad wasn't a drug addict but he was an alcoholic but I was like you know I don't wanna be like that I just wanna be into like wild shit and, and skateboard and that was it but it was but it was him like not letting me do it that made me do it you know I was like totally. oh this is happening no matter right. what now and I, and I wonder if like you know, if he was like more supportive or passive, like if if I would have just been like not that, it, I, it wouldn't have pushed me as hard. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, there was kind of a mixed bag, you know. So like, coming from a musical family, you also, I experienced firsthand the struggle of that, and there was a lot of things that fell by the wayside. Struggle like, um, like the struggle of trying to in their case in their case it was the struggle of trying to do music and have a family oh. everything oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. but things slipped you know and there was some some pretty terrible things that happened along the way in my youth you know because of that there was a an isolation and there was an absence of oh. presence and so it there was a reason why i was turning to music and in some cases turning to darker and darker music and like heavier and heavier music it's there there was support but 
you know, in my own mind, I had to grapple with the fact, like, watching that in front of me and watching that kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something, you know, that was my experience. Um, and then when they started shifting gears, it was like, you can do music, but it's really, it became a different message. Uh-huh. Look how hard it was for us to make this work. And <laughs> so, yeah, I just want to, like, be clear that it was it was all sunshine and roses for a while. And then that definitely changed by yeah. the time I was like nine, ten, and mm-hmm. went quite the opposite in the other direction for a while. But go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, um, for me, I think the initial support was because I grew up in like Logan Heights uh-huh. neighborhood of yeah. San Diego. And, you know, as you know, back then it was actually pretty rough neighborhood, uh, gang yeah. ridden, um, just like crime infested type of neighborhood. So, um, you know, instead of going in that direction, which could have easily happened, yeah, like just by hanging out at the park, um, mm-hmm. my mom was totally okay with me, like gravitating towards music, even the music that she didn't understand. Totally, she mm-hmm. was just like, "Hey, this is something that's a positive outlet for you, yeah. regardless of how like angry, cantankerous, whatever yeah. it is, uh, as long as you're not out here in these streets." Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and I, I actually do thank music a lot for like saving my life for Fuck, a lot yeah, of different yeah. reasons. Um, not just from that perspective, but just like going through like different dark periods in like middle mm-hmm. school and high school where I was like, oh, I got this thing, even if I don't necessarily relate to the message. Uh, sonically, it uh, gives me life yeah. and like gives me a will to like either create or just like keep going another day. Yeah. You know? That's funny because I, I always thought that too. Like, my, as much as like my mom was kind of like not the best at parenting mm-hmm. she was always like you and your friends like she just was more concerned with like why do you have a fucked up green mohawk you know it was that right. was like the like you're embarrassing to be seen with <laughs> not like your music sucks you know i mean i don't think she liked the music but yeah she, that was it was more about this the yeah aesthetic right. of she's kind of like can have... you just present yourself like a normal human being and i was like no <laughs> uh, but but um <laughs> but it is kind of crazy because you know, she, well, yeah, she supported supported me uh, as a, you know driving me to band practice and stuff. But it was crazy for me because I, when I was fifteen, I went on tour and stuff. And I remember like most kids in high school at fifteen were concerned with like what they were going to do on a Friday and Saturday night right. and like right. getting fucked up and like you know doing drugs and getting pregnant and whatever. And I was just like, I need to get up to Seattle on tour and like play this show, you know. And I that was, was right there with you. I <laughs> yeah. was seventeen years old, like going went on my first tour. Yeah. Um, surprised my mom. Thanks, mom, for <laughs> yeah. like letting me go on tour. Uh, but you know, yeah, she knew that was like something I want really wanted to do. She's like, hey, you can take care of yourself, like. I had decent grades in high school, so having, uh, being a decent student, uh, gave me the ability to go ahead and, like, do something I really wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't know mm-hmm. shit about touring, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, like, yeah. developing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, it was nice to do that. It gave me, like, I knew from there, like, I'm either gonna like this or it's not for me. Yeah. Are and you, so, did you, were you born here and mostly live where are you from like, uh, you... i was born in chicago grew up in phoenix but i moved here when i was 12 phoenix. okay and so like that was the jam moving here because instantly like started hanging out with like weirdos and punks and that started you know we started our band my first band when i was 15 so that was really important but i remember going on tour when i was 15 and like we played in santa barbara you know i didn't know how to tour either and i remember we we we, we showed up we had come we had come from somewhere and we showed up in the morning you know and we we're like 
we I remember just sleeping on this sidewalk outside of this barn that we were playing in and I woke up covered in ants and I was just like <laughs> you know and I was 15 years old and I was like but it didn't right. matter about right. it's like that's cool I'm gonna just wake up and get the ants off me and then I'll, I'll play the show this afternoon and then and then we'll drive back home sure you know? right and I was 15 so. and, and, did I mention I was 15 I mean, that's, that's what you do in your expectations you know the right, fact that I right. was like it was fucking crazy that time you know like that I was out doing that thing you know so I think that's important and I think punk or hardcore or whatever you whatever subculture you know, even metal and stuff like that shit saves people's it saves younger people's lives Absolutely. I think it's really important is that yeah. a huge part of why you 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 guys started like 31G like how did that come to be like wait you're asking me the questions now yes <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do yeah. Uh, I, yeah I mean with 31G I think it was like we it, that was fucking crazy too because it was like we were starting to release records and, and we, I realized like all oh, these other younger people that are releasing stuff like aren't doing a very good job. They're changing our artwork or they're not paying. They're like, they just sold 500 copies of a record and we didn't get paid anything. Like we didn't get anything, you know? <laughs> so I was like, I think I can do it like as bad as them or, or better. Or better. <laughs> and, 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 and then, you know, and again, like I was like, I'll start a label by all these weird means. Like, you know, I was like, uh, I just started community college. So I was getting financial aid. So I was like, I'll just take all this financial aid money. Oh, that is so sweet. And, I love uh, that. Know, and I was like stealing <laughs> shit left and right. Like uh, whatever had, it takes. Yeah. We had friends that worked at Kinko's. We were like, all the covers for the records were free. Mm-hmm. Like we would just steal everything from Kinko's. And like, I mean, I used to do sketchy ass shit to, to run, to start a record label, stealing fucking postage stamps, like whatever, whatever I could do, you know, it's kind of the whole to. by any means, you know? Yeah. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But back then that. too it was a little bit different. The landscape was different because there was this there was this magazine out called Retrieval Inc. Retrieval Incorporated, and it was just a zine, like a punk zine, that just told you how to scam and shoplift and steal and all this shit that was like stealing from corporations. So there was like a little bit of um, moral uh, yeah. values, I guess, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and the no, crime, I... you know, uh, stuff. But um, that was like what everybody used, like as a as a as a device to sort of survive, right? Know, mm-hmm. As punks, absolutely. Whatever. I just like how it just like pokes a hole in the construct. Like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is well, how you. You know, it's a whole st- stealing from thieves, like Robin Hood tactic. Mm-hmm. Sure. But now it's crazy too because, you know, you, like a lot of our friends grew up from punk and, and hardcore and whatever. And now they're like, oh, I'm, I work for this corporation. Or like, yeah, well, they, they, they're, they're like, they've infiltrated, I guess, you know? Yeah. And so they're kind of like hooking up bands with like, you know, it's really stuff. wild or, seeing that sort of thing throughout oh, yeah. my like lifetime. It's like, oh, now you're in a cog in a machine. Yeah. You're actually able to, like, shift some things sure. to benefit either yourself or your community yeah. or mm-hmm. your friends. Or, or, like, seeing your friend's band, like, in a, in a major mo- motion picture. You're like, who who's this music supervisor that just picked, right. you know, like, mm-hmm. whoever, like, you know, wh- whatever band to be, you know, like, in that film. like And they got 100%. paid. Like, that's sick. You know, right. it's great. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it, only, it only took like what 30 years or something. <laughs> it takes a while yeah, yeah. That's things true. don't happen overnight that's really true yeah oh. we we had a similar experience when we were um in the, my old band ox um he was ox's cord but at one point brian was like i'm just starting this thing void assault records <laughs> he just oh. yeah so he he did that for a while and was trying to help basically just help friends you yeah. know in pacific northwest yeah. um but you know again it's it is a lot of work it almost you know, you have to put a lot of time and energy and effort into it to keep it going and to sustain it. But he did have a few releases that he was able to help people with. And yeah. it just feels really good to sure. be able to do that, yeah. you know? 
So that's okay. You, since you brought up Jesus Ox's gourd, that was crazy because that was my introduction to you, and it was yeah. So okay, so Retox did the tour with you guys, right? And um, I instantly was tripping out on you guys. In in a, a, a musically, it was great, and everything was rad, and your performance was awesome. But you were you guys were also positive, and I was like, what the fuck are they so positive? We're so fucking dead inside. Like we had to, we had to be wow. we had to be positive to the outside world oh because otherwise like you know what I mean like it was I just remember during that period of time I was going through so much mental health shit and then also I was that's when I was transitioning to be sober and I it's kind of cliche sometimes to talk about sobriety I feel like these days and when it involves being a musician etc but um, it was a huge I don't know, that whole experience was pretty intense. And I just remember that tour, I think, was one of the early sober tours for me. Uh And um, I was just trying to, it was day by day, just waking up and just being like, I just got to get through this fucking day. So everything you saw was bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Is what I'm trying to fucking say. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. It was all fucking bullshit. And um, yeah, it was, it was intense, but... And also, I think, you know, what I did learn from that experience, too, was a couple things. But first of all, just trying to fucking, like, make the best of that moment and be in yeah. it. Because, you know, shows are going to be great. Shows are going to be, you know, as far as attendance, yeah. it goes all over the place. Yeah. That's tour. Um, I know bands that people are fucking in love with now that had years and years where they were playing to the other bands hmm. and maybe, like, 10 kids. Yeah. And, you know, after a 14-hour drive. Um and then there's shows that kill it, but I just learned on that tour, like, I've got to try to keep a good fucking attitude, yeah. because otherwise this isn't going to work. Yeah. Mm. It's just not going to fucking work. Well, I guess, like, for me, because <clears throat> I agree, and I, and I thought, it was a trip to, like, see your positivity, even though you're saying it wasn't quite <laughs> yeah. sincere. I was just <laughs> pretty much lying to you the yeah. entire time about how I felt. <laughs> I mean, I, every, every day I was like, how in the fuck is she so positive? This sucks. Because I remember the agent kind of, like... <laughs> The agent kind of like shit the bed with that, and I was like, there was a show, there's a few shows where I'm like, this isn't, this shouldn't even happen, but we're here and we got to do it, you know. And I, but I remember like to get through it, yeah, making the best of it. But you also like really, you're, I guess you're, you're bullshit that you were portraying um it really did inspire me to be like you know what fuck it we'll just do the best and like that you know for what we'll it just is try like, to get make through the best and be of positive. it yeah, yeah. No, and, totally and that's what i'm saying it's like fake it until you make it so i was really just like trying to fake this like shit i was just like fucking stick positive bitch. but we should have all just sat there and been like fuck we should have all just been like fuck it and then but like then just, killed like, it you know collectively <laughs> like right kill it at yeah. the same time set it on fire uh, yeah i guess um we could have done that uh, I do I do think, though, that from that, I did take that, and I moving forward, I do apply that. You know, there's, like I said, there's going to be a night where, for me, I don't give a shit if there's 10 people or there's 1,000, right? I don't give a uh-huh. fuck. We've all done all of those yeah. different variations. But what I care about is what I, the energy I get yeah, oh, off. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you're playing a yeah. room and it's 10 people and they're yeah. right, like, right with you, yeah. that's great. Yeah. But if there's just... <laughs> Like when you're when you're a support for a band and the audience like doesn't give a flying fuck about you. Oh my god, that is the worst. It and there can be ten thousand uh, people there that all just are like. Oh, it's so They're like, get the fuck off yeah. the stage. Yeah, we're so clearly we not here for you. Yeah. That's the it's, worst uh, shit. That is definitely. But everyone will fear. You'll everyone will experience that. Yeah. At some point, and so in those moments, I do tap back to those that bullshit energy yeah. I was creating, and uh, I try to like keep that 
going and you know and just try to enjoy something and be in the moment be present yeah because you're gonna get something something yeah, will fucking totally. come of that um or it's all horse shit and i should just be <laughs> negative all the time forever i i because we had um we had martin atkins on a on a podcast and he you know he was like oh, yeah he was in like Every cool band possible. Yeah, yes. face, yeah. killing joke. And he wrote, bo- he wrote books, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a about brilliant, tour yeah. and yeah. But he, tour Smart. He had the, the Tour right. Smart book is great. Yeah, he did a lecture on that, and I remember like him talking about his. He always would say this thing. It's 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 actually had it in a few of his talks where he's like, if you play a show and you can make two new fans, then you're successful. And I just was like, why two? <laughs> You know, and I was like, man. And then I was like, he was like in the coolest lineup of PIL. Like he was in ministry. Like, like and he's just saying two. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then it, that was like, that, I just, that set with me. I think I probably thought about that um, maybe like half of half of the of the days that I've lived since I've heard him say that. Like every day I'm like, just two. We're good if we get like well, two, you know. Well, the, the, those things that are important sustain. Yeah. And that was just going to keep hitting you over. Now I'm going to be thinking about that as, as well. And I was familiar with Martin Atkins, but it's been a second since I've really thought about Tour Smart and right. everything. But there are some little pearls of wisdom there. And I think for me, reconnecting with the community is important right now. And if there's two, getting back out and touring after being not doing this for three years, and then <clears throat> I just, I don't know how you feel. But I, would, I don't care, if, like I said, if there would be 10 people at the show, fuck it at this point. I just want to <laughs> yeah. reconnect with those people. And yeah. if one person, for example, in San Francisco, it was kind of mellow, right? But this one kid who was raging out front, oh yeah, they were just going crazy. He came up to me afterwards and he's like, yo, next time you come here, there's, like, there's this place and there's this venue and it's like totally punks and it's like crazy and it's fucking walls bleeding and shit. And I was like, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah. I was like, next uh-huh. time, that was the guy. The one of two oh, that yeah. I needed to talk to yep. and meet in that venue. And next time, I'm reconnecting now with the kids that are excited about this shit now. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if you so, wouldn't have played the mediocre show, you wouldn't have connected with him to get somewhere else. So. Exactly. But there is a silver lining in everything. I mean, everything. You know, you know, totally. Even the fucking pandemic, there was like, we, we did see changes and things that needed to happen, you know? So it, there was it, a yeah. lot that happened during that yes, time. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> I mean, and that experience is probably different depending on... Depending on the person. You've talked about that, too. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. There's a lot, so... I am... Um, sorry I got distracted. I'm looking at what your setup is. What are you guys using back there? <laughs> Just Pro Tools. Yeah, fuck. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that's my response. What was that? A good response. But... Oh, sorry. I just... I need to learn it, and I, uh. I just need to. That way we can, when I'm work, working with an engineer, we can send notes to each other back and forth. Mm. I'm just stuck in like logic. I can't like. So I can't use let, logic. See, I, it's, I have it on this. <laughs> it's weird. I huh? use I use it on this, but I just use it as an interface just to put input into here. Because right? I thought I was like, oh, I'm gonna learn it, and then I start making music, and I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and it's been like two years, and I just know how to. That's what Import, happens with export. DAWs. You like go, oh, I'm going to fucking learn this. You know, and then yeah. you like get into it and you're like, oh, I'm going to go back to the thing that I know how to use. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. To... Do you do you mess with that shit at all? It's been quite a while. I used to fuck with Reason quite often. Reason. But I've I realized ever... that that's like almost archaic now. Like no one really uses no, Reason. No, or, uh, yeah. Reason has come back. My son uses it. Now? Okay. And they up, updated it. 
so okay. much, but he loves it. They okay. needed to because a lot of plugins would not work yes. with that. We was running in issues with that constantly. So that's kind of yeah. why I went. I went from Reason. I started mm-hmm. with Fruity Loops mm-hmm. way back when Fruity Loops was <laughs> just started, and then um, got to, got into Reason, and then plugins were not working. So then I got to Logic, and then mm-hmm. I tried Pro Tools, and I'm fucking my brain doesn't wrap around it yeah, the right way. I, mean, I, I need to just like sit down and do the do what everyone else does, just get on the goddamn internet, remember? And just learn what we don't know. It's yeah. right there. Yeah, the YouTube, YouTube. Uh, University. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need Everything to do. you need to know. Yeah. I'm big right a there. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the comedian we were just listening to? A mechanic. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> Fucking Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Just talking about how now everything you want to know is right here and how he misses not knowing things. Because, like, mm-hmm. if you don't know it in the back in the day, you oh, wouldn't yeah. just pick up your fu- fucking yeah. phone. Yeah. You would just, like, do you know the answer to this question to, like, a human person? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, the next thing you know, you're asking somebody, and then she becomes your wife. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. It's like, a pretty good yeah. bit. But, uh... I fucked it up. But, yeah. You guys should, <laughs> <laughs> you guys should Google the comedian. Well, I'm and working on the... becoming a doctor. He's going to be a mechanic. And then, mm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it's crazy. Like that. That stuff is pretty wild. I, I did. I did this. I do these stupid research studies, like as a hustle all the time, like for whatever. And I was on this fake, like uh, this mock uh, trial thing. <clears throat> I'm probably not. I'm not supposed to talk about it, but anyhow, it's about this guy that died on a Segway, you know. And everyone's like, the thing was like, he died on a Segway. That's so fucked up. And we're going, uh, you know, through all the legal shit. And like, and it was through Zoom, you know. So um, oh, I could kind of like, but I could whatever Zoom. I, I got paid. I didn't. I got to sit at home in my fucking. You know, in my whatever. I wasn't wearing any pants. Yeah, I was but, totally you know. nude. No, uh, you can see me. I had my clothes on, but um, but I had my phone. So I'm googling it as we're doing the thing, and I'm like, dude, the guy had flip flops on. Like, no, 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 no. Like, cause he, long story, he fucked his foot up, and then he had to get his foot amputated, and all this weird shit. Oh shit! And I was like, trying to, I'm like, I'm pretty sure you like on when you buy a Segway, it says like, don't wear flip flops, and it fucking says that, you know. But like, I was googling it, and then I was like, hey, you guys, like. And then they're like, you aren't supposed to Google it. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, they're like, if you were in court, like, you couldn't just start Googling as a right. juror, you know? Anyhow, Googling. <laughs> well, I was wondering about taking, like, taking tests right now. Like, how much I would find a way to cheat, you know? Oh, like, in did, school yeah. and shit. Yeah. Like, SATs and crap. I'd be like, I'd fucking find a way to, like, just <laughs> tap into mm-hmm. that shit. Like, how do these kids take tests nowadays? How do they not cheat? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a really good question. <laughs> um. Or maybe it's not, but... Yeah, I, are they lazy at cheating? So the outcome is is not as like benefit. Like when we were, you know, back in the day, we had to like be good at cheating. You had to yeah. really work at yeah. it. You had to be like, yeah, mm, How can you I, know, like, writing yeah. all the shit on. Oh your right, arm oh definitely, right. like sharpie, <laughs> yeah. but like keep the long sleeves, like yeah. Because yeah. uh, I want to study. I hate when people like ask stupid questions that they can just look up. Like they'll post like who won the game. I'm like you're like you have a phone, right? You just type this. Yeah, you just type this on your phone, (laughs) and you can't just look it up on your phone. The same phone that you asked the Um, question with. I feel that way about when anyone walks up to me, and they're like, "Hey, where's so and so, or where's such and such?" Yeah. Yeah. You have a phone, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Also, I'm like, yeah. then why'd you like come up to a random person <laughs> and ask them where something is? Like, as yeah. a we band, though, don't you get like asked stupid shit online all the time? Like, oh my god, how do you get the new record? You're like, fucking Google the, it or like, yeah. whatever. What do you mean? You know? There's like 17 ways to get the new record. Yeah, so, yeah, and plus we have links now, you know, or link is trees. It, and is like... it on Spotify? Like, what do you fucking just look at it? You yeah, know? the time it takes you to write, is it on Spotify? You could just look on yeah. Spotify. Yeah, I don't know. 
the amount of times people have asked me where can I get tickets to your show, and this is like <laughs> every venue. Like, yeah. every show that we're playing on this tour, like, every city, someone's been like, hey, where can I get tickets yeah. to your show? Yeah, or, like, it's always like our, huh. our COVID, like, how do I get a refund? You're like, the venue? Uh, I don't know. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't you... live in San Francisco. Like, you right. can probably just contact the venue. <laughs> yeah, I think you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, expect awesome. you to mail them, like, a check or something. I don't know. Or, no, I guess Bitcoin. Those so, are the two, yeah. like, the two most common things, yeah. Or yeah. that, or, like people someone and this is the ongoing joke forever but people asking you to go to brazil what do you ever get that yeah but why what's that that's a, i thought it's it just, was it's always those two things are you guys coming to brazil or that just yeah. it somehow gets mixed in with where do i get the new record oh and by have the way you are gone you to coming brazil? to brazil <laughs> have you guys gone to brazil no, no. Yeah. that's yet. probably why they're asking yeah, yeah. <laughs> to come. do you ever get that though where it's like it's like random 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 yeah. like just the brazil it's thing. usually brazil but I think for me, I always equate it to. You've probably been to Brazil. No, I, I haven't. I wish I, w- I wish I have. But, you haven't been um, to Brazil. But I get hit up a lot about it because of um, I'm in a band with Mike Patton, and I think he's like, yeah. got a big Bra- Brazilian fan base, or maybe Dave Lombardo, one of those guys. Either way, I'm like it's probably them that there's a there's some kind of fan base. Right. But I want to go to Brazil. I'll go anywhere basically, though. You know? Same. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, and that's what I keep teasing you guys with. I'm online. I'm like, let's go to Japan together. Let's go. That's me, the ones that keeps asking Def <laughs> like, let's, uh, let's go everywhere together. Yeah, let's do that. Let's Japan's do the coolest fucking place. I haven't been. It's pretty marvelous. I have not been. Yeah. It I've is been to a lot of places, not Japan. The coolest place. I, we are, I think we talked about it before, like going into fucking 7-Eleven in Japan. I'm like, this is awesome. Like the 7-Eleven, <laughs> yeah. there's like... You know, because, like, there's hot dogs. I think I said there's this hot dogs. What? No, 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 there's <laughs> not hot dogs. That's not what I expected you no, to say. No, there's hot dogs here, but there, there's, like, tentacles and, like, weird fucking yeah. floating oh, things and okay, shit. You just, okay. like, eat ramen. You're like, what is this shit? You know, like, it's great. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, we, anyway, we're going to, we have to make this happen, so. And people at the shows are very enthusiastic you're like mm-hmm. fucking this is how it could be in the rest of the on the rest of the well, it's planet. like that yeah. other places as well like europe mm-hmm. and you know other places you know you've toured it's like something about i don't know u.s can be a little bit especially west coast yeah. can be a little stiff uh, midwest is chill and fun and everyone's having a good time mm-hmm. east coast can be pretty wild but it just depends where you go right depends on where you go depends on your Depends Your on music. all kinds of things. All kinds of yeah. factors. So it can be like, oh, you play this particular venue in the East Coast, then you're definitely going to get, like, the statues. Just people just, like, not moving. Yeah. yeah. Well, we played that show, Retox and in, in, in Ox played in Austin, and we're like, Austin! And the show fucking sucked super bad. And everyone's like, you do not play this venue ever. And we're like, I don't know. like, And they're like, no. Like, do you remember that? Like, it was... Wait, oh my gosh, Terrible. it's coming back to me. It was like the worst. Wasn't it, it was like, wasn't the venue on like the main? Yeah, yeah. St- but everyone's everyone was, like, you do not play here. That's right. Mm. Nobody will go here. And we're like, oh, this is really Like it crazy. was a relevant venue maybe five or six years before. Yeah, I but, guess. But that year it was just For like. For whatever the reason was. But I wonder like. I remember like, that now. Why, yeah. But I, then I remember like when I met you at, um, at, the, at the Black Lodge. Like that shit is like, the Black Lodge is like ABC No Rio or the Che Cafe or, or, or the Smell. It's like totally. one of those places where you're like, oh, this shit's special. Like It is special. Can't... Oh my gosh, I was you just saying that, just like Springs, I have a lot of emotions attached to that place. We live, you know, we worked there. For, <laughs> worked. Worked. <laughs> for, you know, over 10 years yeah. of my life dedicated to working there. Right. And it was just, you know, incredible. And just, I'm so happy. 
that it's able to continue and it's 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 going to be a new version of it but they're working that out right now so the, so it's a different location same, same location, location. Oh. yeah we right now it's so uh, people are practicing there ourselves included um people are no longer caretaking there oh. but um they're going to be transitioning it into um kind of a venue slash space for some people yeah space and like art space an and, art space yeah. and just make sure that the community is taken care of because all those places are gone yeah like, black lodge gone. is probably like the last of this leg so why do you think they're leaving or going away oh uh, sorry who's going away uh those kind of venues i think that they survive for a second uh -huh. but for uh, even us we were there for surviving off the the community was like, you know, you can only ask the community so many times. You know what I mean? It's just, it's been three years, right? Right. Like almost two and a half. I don't even know, but it's just been a long time and it's really hard to sustain something. It took something else to kind of come in and, and help breathe life. But these other places, maybe not so lucky. You can only go as long as you can go until the mm -hmm. well runs dry. Yeah. Um, and then you have to, but I will say that, the, again, silver lining, the ones that were inner city that are no longer able to sustain are popping up now on the outskirts. Yeah, a are. lot of people are moving to just different districts and yeah, like different uh, like South Seattle. Exactly, outskirts yeah. of uh, Seattle. Mm -hmm. There, um, there was some documentary on um, I I don't know exactly what it was. Uh, maybe like Southern California venues. Um, and they were talking about it was the owner of a bar. I don't I don't want to say the name because that might it might not be the right one. But basically, he was they they were closing down. And in the in the documentary that because of because of the pandemic. So yeah. in the documentary he was they were saying like how do you feel about losing your business? And he's like you know it sucks, but he's like I don't really care because what'll happen is it's gonna it's gonna make me and everybody go and back go back to doing like house shows and we're gonna and, and it'll start back from square one and we'll create something new and better and mm -hmm. we have the knowledge of what we did before and it was a really interesting kind of perspective to kind of look at things because yeah. now it's like it does feel different playing a show where like. Before the pandemic, it seemed like people were kind of just like not that impressed or not, you know, not that appreciative or whatever. And now mm -hmm. it's like, fuck, I thought we weren't going to have this again, you know, and then there's then there, it's back to like rad and gnarly and fucking crazy shit. Yeah. You know? And that's maybe the back to the silver lining thing I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, it's it's a kind of beautiful. And I think it, it does that change also forces new look for in this example you have people who caretake for you know 10 years it's really easy to start to lose perspective it's nice to get new fresh blood in there oh, yeah. with fresh eyes mm -hmm. and then they're going to be able to start to like create you know it's just something new and um and it's also good it's just good to uh, pass the baton as well uh, and let like the next crew uh, what, what do you over. think like 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 the <clears throat> the black lodge is an interesting place like what do you, because i feel like Either I totally lucked out every time I played there with whatever band, but like I feel like whatever happened there was just awesome, you know. Like I think, it didn't really matter who the fuck was playing; it was just gonna be awesome. I think yeah, it's just the energy of the space. I think the fact that it's not like a bar. I think the fact that it, you know, it was just it's a destination place. To people who come there are there for music. Yeah. They're not coming for a scene. They're not coming for, you know, drugs and alcohol. It's like they're coming there because they really want to be in that moment in space and time. Yeah. They prefer that space over like your right. typical venue. And it's just, it's something like you said, it's almost impossible to put to words. It's just something you feel. But like you said, there are like venues that yeah. we all experience around the, this country and out, outside of this country. They're precious and we should do everything we can 
to make sure that they survive in some sure. way. Even if they physically move to another location, just the essence of that should always be. We should um, always support it. Well, yeah, like uh, you know, you know, Quintron and and, and Miss Pussycat. You got, do you guys know who they are? No. Organ player. Oh, no, I, no. I thought maybe you guys might have. They have a. It's, he's an organ player, and they do a puppet show together, and they're awesome. A puppet but show, yeah. They, but they're from New Orleans, and they have this place called the Spellcaster Lounge, which is part of the house. Part it's a venue, but one of my bands played it at Spellcaster Lounge, and it was, it was the wildest show. I felt like I was in a fucking circus, and not a single person there was there to see our band, and like they just didn't. Not that they didn't care about our band, they were just like, we're just here, and then we're gonna enjoy what's happening regardless of whatever it was. And I was like, fuck. I mean. That's some rad shit because then you can't have an ego. Like they don't give a fuck. They're not gonna buy your record. They just want to go they nuts. They just want to perform yeah. and and create that Be in energy. The and right. like yeah, like that was. Those are my favorite shows. My favorite shows are not ever. They're never the ones that are like, I fucking hate. I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm like, oh, a thousand people. But what I, I don't care. Yeah. What I care about is like that nasty basement show in the middle of like Minnesota <laughs> and like the kids are just like ah! you know and then it's like you could touch people and yeah. someone's spitting on you accidentally yeah. I don't know maybe I'm spitting on them but it's just that exchange that's the shit you remember uh-huh. those are the sh- those are the shows I remember but I, I see these photos of you and I'm like COVID watch out I know and it, so I know I'm trying <laughs> even to even ad- last night I played a show and I was like fuck I just spit I shouldn't have spit like, dude the- it's so hard to <laughs> trust me I'm I've did. I've done one really. Yes, I'm not gonna go there. But yes, it's really hard when you're. Wait, a hands- you gotta go there. You've done really one. One. When you're, when you're a hands-on like you are this way. Uh-huh. You're one of the people that I've. You're anyway. You're one of my people I've always like looked at and and I've drawn inspiration from. There's a few, and you're one of them. But it's be the ability to go out. I never knew. I never saw understood. You could just go out. You're not on stage. You don't have to stay yeah. on stage. You can go and touch people. And uh-huh. you used to do this thing where you put a chair in the middle of the room. I don't know if I did. I imagine that, but like, I think I recall it. And you would come out and you'd get up on the chair. It's like you created your own space. You you created your own construct of reality. Uh-huh. And I loved and appreciated that so much because it opened me up. So to, the counter of that is now that I'm all up on that shit. <laughs> now I'm like, how the fuck do I do this without like getting close to people yeah. now and like grabbing them and touching them and. And so I don't know. It's it's hard. I definitely can't do it with a fucking mask on. I cannot get. Oh, do yeah. you scream through a mask? No, no, no. Oh yeah, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> I can't breathe. But it's- uh, that's a weird one with the mask thing. I I just saw the um, adolescents play and I was not impressed. I don't, I'm not really a fan, but I, I I went and saw a show and the adolescents played the show. I wasn't there to see them, but the singer sang through a mask and he constantly was was like pulling the mask back up and I was just like dude and it was like there was a barricade it was a big fucking venue I'm like sure. just take the mask off dude and just or like back up or whatever or I don't, don't know like just, or don't do this or don't sing just like, seemed kind of weird yeah it's kind of weird like I haven't seen people perf- I've seen people perform with masks but not sing sing yeah it's like you definitely utilizing your respiratory system so yeah well I choke um, like when that thing like I don't know maybe I'm a heavy breather like, but like <laughs> yeah I like it was like inverts like every time <laughs> so I do like you know I just but as it triggers like some childhood asthma shit for me like I don't know it's not good but you probably have seen me trying to figure out how to adjust to like kind of being on stage more maybe no you're pretty much a natural like I think you're just probably in your head with that. But. I'm in my head a little bit with yeah. it. I'm yeah. still trying to like. No, I think. Like we... while you're playing, you're in your head. It in the, 
I never. Like, um, no, I'm more in my head. No, I'm not. Definitely not in my head when we're doing doing the thing. <laughs> I'm totally disassociated yeah, when I uh, when it's, it starts till it ends. Yeah, I but, can see that for sure. But you can you get that like before? <laughs> you can see that for sure. <laughs> There's something like she clearly is not. Yeah. Thinking no, I, at um, all. I have this uh, ongoing joke where I talk about how like energetic like front persons and performers have to like psych themselves up and slap themselves in the face, and they're just like, whew, and like doing all these like voice exercises uh-huh. and just like you know moving their arms around yeah. and like running in place or whatever. <laughs> and she's just like on her phone, zoned out. Or just like chilling, just being nice, cordial Lisa. Yeah. And then soon as like music starts, it's like instant possession. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you like get that. Snare first snare hit. It's like first snare gone. hit, possession, yeah. and then like no longer possess right as like the last song is ending. Yeah. It's just like you see like the world like coming back to like reality. It's really and I can say this from like not being in the band. And catching y'all like early on before you before I joined, I was like, "Oh, that's clearly possession," and like you know the right way, not like evil possession. Yeah, just in terms of like you disassociating. Yeah, I was just thinking about what is that? How do I don't know? I think do you feel this way? Did you collect sort of an amalgam of impressions from? performer performance artists or you know front people that you were inspired by that mm. you had thoughts about it and like oh that's cool that's cool and then you always do your own thing but do you have anyone that inspired you as a you know like growing up i was obsessed with a, like a handful of, of of performers and i think it was like i just think i really appreciated their their art or or it it, it affected me in some way and then it was like in retrospect i was like fuck that's kind of like so and so, or or if someone will say like, you know, though though there's been I don't want to list someone, but some of the oh you kind of you have like this Lux interior thing, which I'm like what the fuck like you're gonna that's like the Pope of of whatever right, you know like right. no no <laughs> but thank you or like Darby Crash or whatever you know whatever I don't know like the the, the antics you know I or or even like I mean <laughs> like even even like how I play bass physically like uh, people are always like you you have like this. Per- you know, stage presence. And I'm like, I don't know. It just happens. But then I'll look at it and be like, oh, it's kind of like this, this thing. It reminds me of like so-and-so, you know? Yeah. So I don't, maybe it is like my influence at subconscious, you know? Or totally. Subconscious, like I, I, I don't, I don't think it out. Like I want to be like this. It's just right. like, oh, this shit just happened. And oh, I guess it's kind of like that. You just whatever. pick it up. Do you yeah. have anybody that you inspiration that inspires you or like influences you like a actual performer? I can't really think of like a particular one, but uh, you know, yeah. But there's no. difference. Like there's your technical. Like this is how I play bass. Right, right. Or I like think... this is my performance, and right. my vibe is different. And I also think it depends on the band because yeah, I've been in punk bands, yep. I've been in country bands, I've been in like metal bands. Right now, I'm in a heavy like hardcore punkish band uh, with noisy elements, and so like. Yeah, I think it just really depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, depends on like how I'm playing bass. Yeah, like because that also di- dictates like what type of energy I put. Because if I'm like being super technical, I'm probably not moving around as much. Oh yeah, because I'm more <clears throat> concentrated on like getting those like notes and accents locked in. 
But uh, if I'm just real. like playing with a pick and not my fingers, yeah. then I'm able to like let loose a little more. I'm actually able to like wear my bass a little lower. Wait, so you play with a pick and with fingers? Uh, Depending... With this uh, project, just pick. Oh. Yeah, but I've like traditionally played with my fingers oh. in other projects. Interesting. Yeah. You just get more like attack and drive yeah, yeah. when you know. you're playing yeah. with a pick. Uh, just, I took like... one bass lesson when I was a kid, and the and the and the, and the, and the teacher was like, "Oh, you can't play with a pick," and I was like, "What?" Sid Vicious plays with a pick. You know, I don't know. Or like, what, uh, no, I don't think it was Sid Vicious. I was really I mean, into No Means No. Uh, like, oh, that's oh, like one God. of my favorite bases. Yes, same. Yeah, and I don't way. actually know if he even plays with a pick. I'm pretty sure he does, but regardless. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I was just like, picks. Like, that, I want to play with a pick. And so I never went back to the lesson, and I never learned shit. <laughs> and I just fucking started a band, and that was it, you know? Okay. But, you know, that is crazy, though, like, to think about the... the, the because this whole, like, convert, like the, the, the topic of, of your... your your, the way you perform is very interesting because the Locust did a tour with Dillinger Escape Plan, who is probably the most fucking insane band live. Right. And I remember going on tour with them and thinking like, there's no possible way we could, you know, like it's it's not like a competition when you're on tour with the band, but you're just I like, know what you mean. they're a fucking, they're going crazy and we're gonna go fucking crazy and everybody's just gonna be crazy. They were just doing shit that was like beyond, and we're like, well, we can't do that because <laughs> we have. Um, pedal boards and we can't like jump off of our amp because we have to all sing and play pedal boards so right. so we instinctively started taking without realizing it i feel like we just i just well, looking back i was like we just we just became like devo you know like like moving all like angrily and like <laughs> like a robot you know right, like right. I, I clearly like can't go fucking ape shit like right. ben wyman like back flipping and stuff <laughs> so i'm gonna just act like a fucking robot and like that's cool and we'll do our own thing and they'll both be equally to some people you know whatever like weird entertaining or, or, and... or interesting you know yeah. and, and 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 so you have your own your own thing i think yeah. that's important i think it is too and i think it's it's cool that you know everyone you tour with you're gonna pick up something new yeah you're gonna see something you're gonna see a way they're doing something but definitely every person i've shared the road with i've probably been inspired by something they've done but you know as much as i as i love to i love lux interior i i I, you know i'm not gonna wear fucking high heels and stick the microphone down my pants you know but but (laughs) like but i'll take it i'll take i would i watched the shit out of that band you know and i've seen them play and but like so like as you as a front person what what do you think like where do, where do you get where is your thing coming from because you got some crazy shit that goes on and i don't know where where that comes from where, where do you think that like traces back to as far as a performance <clears throat> side of things um i was trying to think of some well again like i said anyone i've ever toured with so you know i, I the thing with you and the chair like always stuck out in my head uh-huh. i just because before that i just didn't <laughs> i just didn't think about using things as props inside the venue but and, you could do whatever you want but you can do and i didn't you gave me that first like oh you can build a set <laughs> i can build my own stage right. I, or i can so now it's because of that you know proximity to you like um when i go to a venue i look around oh yeah yeah Sess and now i yeah. assess yeah, everything yeah. and i'm like i could stand on that i can do that remember that even in san francisco right. i said brian can you just push your pedal board back uh. just a little bit so that i can get to that you know whatever area you know it's just like yeah. you start to you see where else can i go in this space or what props can I use to create? Mm-hmm. That was the big thing with you. Is like I can actually create my own yeah. stage with a chair. I would just, just go never thought of that. And shit. Like I remember we played this really crappy show somewhere, 
And there was another show happening next door at the same time. I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> oh, I that's had a right. Really long mic. And I went into the other room and it was just, and it was crazy because like the other band stopped and then I just come in there fucking screaming shit. I love, that and was the, the other but thing. But it got everyone from, it got oh all these like, you just, you just seriously made me remember that I've took that from you. I, oh. I do that. I would leave the venue. Remember yes. when I, you ever done it in the bathroom? That's a good one. I I think I have opened the bathroom door, but you've opened the bathroom door. And then there was this like one time I opened the front door of the venue. Oh, this is screamed great. outside and then <laughs> told these like I waved to these people to come in, yeah. and then I made out with someone's grandma. This is wow. factual. In front of, and this actually happened. Yeah. Like they they all came in and then like the grandma was like starting yeah. to just like rage, and then I just like grabbed her and I made out with her. Yeah. That's like. What is that? That's not even like Gigi Allen style. That's something I don't. Something. That's something yeah. else. There's some other fetish yeah, going on. In, uh, Port Angeles. That was an Port Angeles. amazing show. But that I just realized, like you, until you see something happen, you may not realize it's possible or something. And so it's and to your point, you don't do it consciously. It's just it's in there. Yeah. You know, like through assimilation, you just pick these things up, and then they can sometimes it prompts you and it gives you a permission, if yeah. nothing else. So. So thank you. <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. But it could backfire. It, oh, there's for been sure. Fucking terrible. Like I had this <laughs> retox toured with back. Bronx, and I was like, you know, they, they they put on a fucking great show, and I was like, I remember thinking like, you know, fuck this, this is gonna be bad. Like I'm gonna get a really long mic cable, and I'm gonna cruise into the bathroom, and I'll just sing from the bathroom. And I had this like spiel about like politics. It was something about like, um, it, I think it had something to do with whatever political administration and <clears throat> I said this thing and we started playing and I just went to the bathroom and I remember getting inside and all these people followed me in oh, and then the door closed and then I was like and it was in this tiled bathroom and I was like holy fuck I can't hear the music anymore and just hear myself yelling in this bathroom and, and then I couldn't get out and I was like this sucks and then because they were all in there yeah with you. like you know like some couple people taking photos and he's like this is all this is awesome and funny and i'm like no this sucks i gotta get back out there because i cannot hear any of the music you know? <laughs> and maybe that's the difference too is that the music this thought just came to my head which is the music will be what it is right it's going to be con the consistent factor that and so that's one side but then i think if you're performing in your front person you can bring a little bit of something special to each show. Oh yeah. And that's the that's the other the counterweight to that. It's like that creates that perfect hybrid experience for the viewer because they're getting something unique. Yeah. I think that that unique experience also happens. You can't you can't prethink that. That has to just be happening in that moment. And that is probably the thing I love most is if I'm as a viewer and maybe even a person from the other side yeah. of that coin, the performer, is that we created that unique experience for them that night and only they got to experience it. But, but what if you compromise? Because sometimes you end up compromising the sound for a performance. So you gotta, elaborate, you gotta, you elaborate. gotta, it's like a, a good example is like when, you know, I mean, last night I played a show and the fucking PA went out and it's like, what am I gonna do? Like, I'm the singer and it, 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 this microphone is not working. Oh, what do I do for this, at least the rest of this song? You have to do something, and I didn't. I don't even know what happened. But you know, you got, you have to do something. You mm -hmm. as a like, I, my, you know, I, you just you you kind of like lose control. I mean, I don't know. I remember I would always my first couple bands were with this guy Jose Palafox, who would just lose his fucking shit as a drummer, and he's punching his drums and running away and shit. And you're like, dude, we gotta finish the fucking set. Like, what are you doing? You know. But it's like 
at that point it's not even musical it's it, it is a performance and and the, those are the things that really last those are the things that affect you where i'm like that motherfucker just took off you know that's mm-hmm. quite different you know? i think i think that the music has to hold it i feel like that has to continue if nothing else it can disintegrate Does it have to though it because... can disintegrate though it to it can, to your point it can i like it when it falls apart at the end I like it when it completely deconstructs at uh, yeah. the very last moment and it just goes, I don't even like to the point where nobody even knows what's going on yeah. anymore. It's just pandemonium. Well, like the who or Nirvana or something, you know, whatever they trash all their shit. Like that's kind of like, a, or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. But mid show, it would be weird, I yeah. guess to have it fall apart. <laughs> I mean, but when it comes back though, like, but when it comes back and you come back stronger, yeah. it's cause I've seen it happen, uh, a myriad of ways where you see, a. um, you see a band where like, okay, the drummer dropped a stick and then like that loses its momentum, but then come back hard. If you come back hard and it's like, oh, okay, there we go. The rhythms like sync back up, but that only works if like music's still continuing. Yeah. But if everyone else just like stops, then it's just kind of like. But the this, music like, doesn't have to continue. Rhythm. If you yeah. have like some sort of telepathy, or you're connecting. Shit. It, it it also depends on like the performance itself. Yeah. And I do. I mean, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It all depends on like the performance. Yeah. Uh, Words, because when if you just on... see someone looking like too confused and everyone on stage <laughs> is just like, I don't know what's happening. Now you just like brew that I... and then like the audience mind because they're like, oh, now they I don't can know pick what's up. happening. The they audience can. can... I but can... if you're, oh, but yeah. if there's like weird like train wreck parts and then people are just like, we're still just moving yeah. like this, even though there's no music to be had. Then people are like, okay, we're with you. They'll go with yeah. you. We're with you as soon as you like drop in and now we can all get back on track. But but maybe you have to yeah. be like hyper aware of, of the other players. I think well, you were talking about connect. like psychic energy almost. Yeah. Like you guys are really tapped into each other. And we've, we, I think any, I'm hoping everyone gets to experience that because we've all been there in that moment mm-hmm. where we are experiencing that synchronicity yeah and you're just going with it and you even look kind of side eye each other uh, and we're like are we doing this like yeah. and that's just... important those things are really important. yeah this is the thing that luke and i talked about we had this band planet b where we didn't have oh, we yeah. weren't really focused on like because we, we didn't have like drumming and stuff and we didn't have like real normal instrument like he plays the you know two npcs so for me i, I look over and there's like you know he's just pu- pushing buttons and i'm like fuck Ah, like, you know, I need like a, I need a physical thing. I need you to fucking, ah, I need to. So, you know, we have, we have two drummers now that are pretty, uh, they give off the energy and that way you, that way you have like the cues. You're like, okay, here we go. Like, because there are times where in a live performance setting, you need to kind of all connect to some, something physical. A hundred percent. I, I remember being on tour with another band, um, and there was just this moment where, the P- <laughs> the PA, I think it was we were in Paris, and the PA was way too loud. Like all, I'm sure we've all been there, but all you can hear is yourself. Uh, so you mm-hmm. like cannot even connect to anything else, and it was just it, it was like fucked up. And and so I was just like trying to wave like someone to come help me. Like, but then <laughs> but then I was like this is fucked. And then when they saw me go this is fucked, they just turned it up even louder. Whoa. And so then I was like, stop. And I'm like, I need to stop motioning. And so finally I had to like kick it away. And then I had to stare at the drummer and I was just following what oh, I yeah. could see yeah. and not what I could hear because it was just, I don't know if that had anything to do with what we were just talking about. But Well, yeah, the visual cues are really important. I just yes. had, you know, just like, 
Yeah. Just had to connect. <laughs> but then you, then you like get pissed and you're just way more passionate. I was you so know? mad. But, but you probably played like so badass. You're just like fucking, you know, like that's when this shit gets intense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think that I was just thinking about intensity, but I was also thinking about sometimes, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but getting so feral that you're losing control of, um, and we've talked about this a lot, somewhere finding a balance between because I could sometimes throw my vocals out uh-huh. if I'm not super cognizant of like where I am with that. So you almost have to tap in for that control. Um, cause I don't use any effects to push the vocal. I, it's all just raw, usually yeah. going through the PA, but, um, I don't know. Have you ever had to, have you ever had your voice go out or like had any uh-huh. issues with being too feral and not controlling enough? when you're doing your screams and stuff. I, I'm just curious from one uh, person who screams to another. Yeah, well, my main problem is that I have chronic bronchitis. So oh, when there's, like, yeah. shit on my throat and, like, dr- sinus drainage and stuff, like, it's it just fucks everything up. Yeah. But um, luckily, we're in bands that kind of don't necessarily rely on, like, pitch and tone. It's just more about, like, I guess the aggression or something or the, right. the projection of, of the intensity um, there's times where I'm like that sounds like garbage or I fucking can't even speak right now even right now when I'm talking <clears throat> I can feel it from last night you know and you I, could feel it a little yeah. bit but mm-hmm. I also I also have been taking these steroids because science infection you know yeah and that sucks uh, too so um, I mean those times I'll come here to try to record Luke and I'm like dude I can't I, my, my allergies are terrible I can't yeah. I have all this post nasal yeah. drippage but other than that like throwing it out I mean I think my what for whatever reason, it it doesn't get thrown out from like projecting too much. Right. Um, yeah, I think that um, I've had to like definitely adapt to a few things, like going to the bathroom before the show and like <laughs> just trying to like get shit like in gear, like warm up. But more, it's about control during the sh- like I I've noticed that for all the disassociation I do I I do have to kind of like get in there every once in a while and get a little bit of control because uh, I have a tendency to just go and not pay attention enough yeah. as much as I should. Oh, I but also being used to playing like shitty venues with bad PAs <laughs> and no monitors and, you, and then you don't know what level you're projecting. Right. Uh, you know, that's a, that is a problem. You push so hard because yeah. you're just trying to hear. Yeah. But then so. I always have these sound engineers like get in ears. I'm like, dude, it's just weird. And I don't know. Do people like, tell you to get in ears as a screamer? All the time. <laughs> my my fear is that I'll lose no them. No one's ever ever. People always tell me you should get them. You should get them. And uh, I, I but you've, should, you've heard yeah. it and it feels sounds so weird, right? That and also I'm afraid I'll just lose them. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're probably really expensive. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. Um, I don't know. There's so many levels of, of stuff to 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 a, to a performance, and I don't know. Maybe maybe you compromise and find out what is. Yeah. It's like, it's like around. there's 100% of something, so the, there's the, the visual or the, the experience and the audio, and like, which, where do we go? Is it 60-40? Yeah, where, I think that's where I was going with that. Yeah. It's like trying to find that balance, you know, and make, make sure that the output is, is good, but also, yeah, don't lose, I don't want to lose the intensity, so. Yeah. I mean, I want to go see a band and be like, they sounded awesome, I, I really love that, but I also know I can go listen to them and sound awesome on their record right and I want to see a performance and I want to I want there to be this crazy um you know energy c- coming from from something that that I can't get from putting a record on you know yeah that's mm-hmm. really important I appreciate and you that. guys 
fucking deliver. I mean, your perform the 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 live show is definitely something that you can't experience any other way. Yeah, I hope I would hope so, and yeah. I would hope that we you know we just keep. <clears throat> I, I'm I'm always interested in what's the next thing too. Like you know, just think thinking about evolving in different ways or playing around or you know experimenting. Yeah, like and what's the next trajectory towards like the show itself? Yeah, yeah, not necessarily like antics but just like what kind of performance we're gonna deliver for like whatever music we end up creating next i keep i always think about world building and mood setting and i think we were just at a cattle show and they had i mean it was all red lights Uh and there was a little bit of fog and then they had the banners and they were kind of like just like glow in the dark red blood shit and i don't know just something (laughs) i they set the scene right yeah and then they brought it and then i was like <laughs> you know, I was thinking like, how do I create like some of this world building? Like, how do I tap into that as maybe like the next thing to consider on top of everything else that's sure. going on? I mean, when you're so like the like a cattle performance like that couldn't translate at, let's say, the Black Lodge or the Che Cafe or something, but it could translate in a in a in a larger venue. So when Where you get to that, they could support all that. Yeah, yeah, the infrastructure for something because that totally. is that is. That is an interesting point to where you're 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 comprom- not compromising, but you're changing out like this set yeah. of aesthetic for this other set of aesthetic, and like which which one can we use to adapt to this situation? Right. That's a good point. Like you're not going to pull that shit out for every place. Like if you're like at a house show, you're not going to have the banners, you know. But yeah, I've been thinking about that lately. That's and that's a, always a good thing to consider. And, and also the non-musical stuff. Like a good a good example would be like Dillinger Escape Plan again, where they used to have fucking fl- flamethrower or. Bl- bl- fire breathing that's it and wait like, they had fire I didn't yeah. know that yeah. yeah Greg would do fire breathing which was like oh my god you're just like that's fucking totally wild um, but like in a venue now you probably shouldn't do that you know <laughs> right you know? I was just gonna say you know? like yeah but, and not to keep talking about them but like there's that there's that footage of, of them playing in like a, a virgin megastore I don't know if you guys seen it where like yes I mean I it have. is like yeah that's if you want to fucking get inspiration like whoever's listening to this podcast or just google that it fucking blew my mind when i watched that set like inside of this mall the song starts and greg is like clearly he's like at the escalator fucking right. way across the, <laughs> the mall on top of people's heads it's a pretty phenomenal it is, performance it is like i've the never most, seen i'm gonna have yeah, to watch yeah, it. Have when to you watch it out. you're gonna be like oh fuck watch that you know like it'll it'll translate somewhere <laughs> in your performance and you'll be doing some crazy shit hanging from something or I don't know what you'll be doing. But. I did appreciate being at their going their last show oh, yeah. in New York, um, and I g- seeing them hang. I mean, they went of course all out, and it was you know a couple days at least. I think it was two days, but yeah, getting inspiration from people who I just I'm still like see the visual of them hanging from this rat like yeah from up and people like just reaching to like hold on, but they fucking bring it like nobody else. It's but how do they do that? How do yeah. they do all that with like also a guitar? I don't know. With the yeah. technical proficiency, uh, just doing it all the time forever. Just, that, and just that's getting, part of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really cool. Oh, you almost said it's really cute. I, I did. I always <laughs> always. <laughs> Fuck me. I think. I think oh. can be. Yeah, yeah. Ben would Ben would definitely embrace the cute it being cute. <laughs> it's yeah. so cute. Yeah. Colton Culture is proudly sponsored by Earthquaker Devices. Planet B.